today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. Listen, it's Monday, and we want to get you motivated in your business as well as in your personal life. We're going to hear a mindset moment, a few mindset minutes from Deanna Heiliger, who's just celebrating 17 years. Happy anniversary to our very own Deanna Heiliger and her spouse. We're looking forward to um, hearing what they did when she's on um, live next time, but we have the mindset minutes coming up. We also are going to talk with. We also will talk with Coach Tony Ustery of the Fitness Game. He will get us on track. Our next step in our fitness journey. I have to tell you, who this 30-day journey has been something serious. I see the momentum slowing down, but with the people that are in the TNTVS Fitness Tribe, they are very supportive. I couldn't do it without them. Oh, my goodness. But I am noticing some, some nice things um, about the, the ab challenge that we're doing. I'm able to lay on my stomach for a long period of time without it being an issue on my back or the front side. I don't feel uncomfortable. We're also going to talk with Valerie's son. We're going to talk politics. And we're going to hear a daily dose of weird news, and of course with some other things, independent music in between everything. But sit back, not too far back, but have your pen and paper in hand because there's always something to learn. Class is always in session, is it not? Absolutely. And our great advertisers for the show, definitely patronize them. Let them know that you heard about them here. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Your daily dose of weird news is brought to you by Fangs vs. Spurs, a new comedy horror western being filmed in the Chicago area right now, and I get to play the town drunk. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but it's still a lot of fun. You can check it out at fangsvsspursmovie.com. 30 years ago, Sheriff Bartlett battled the vampires and became a living legend. However, in the 30 years that have passed, most townsfolk came to believe that the vampires were just myths. Stories to scare their children into staying close to home at night. They're about to be proven wrong. FangsVersusSpursMovie.com 
I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. Police in Iceland arrested a man for the 14th time in two weeks as he attempted to steal from a store. The man has been bundling store burglaries every night for two weeks, and he's been busted stealing food from hotel restaurants. Sadly, police said the thief is also accused of being rude to employees of the stores and hotels he stole or attempted to steal from. The guy, wait a minute, the guy has been arrested for stealing every single day for 14 days in a row, and yet he's still not behind bars? You know, it sounds to me like maybe Iceland does deserve this guy. The Wall Street Journal and USA Today report that professional volleyball players are surprisingly making good money. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said of athletes on the ladies' professional hopscotch tour. Police say a toddler crashed a Jeep into an Oregon home, then ran back to his home to watch cartoons. Authorities say the three-year-old boy, who was wearing only a diaper, climbed into the Jeep and knocked it out of gear. Witnesses say it rolled down the street, through an intersection, and into the house, causing minor damage. An officer found the boy on a couch watching TV, as if nothing had happened. Didn't they cancel Speed Buggy like uh, decades ago? A new study shows that workers are three times more likely to get fired in the private sector than in the government. The downside, government workers are at much greater risk of hard drive failures. Well, it looks like Flappy Bird's creator has decided to come back after deciding that his maddening bird murder simulation was too addictive. His follow-up to Flappy Bird is called Swing Copters, due out this week. The game will be free to play with a small ad, or you can pay a dollar to remove the ad if you're feeling generous. Now, how much do I have to pay to remove all references to Flappy Bird and Swing Copters from my social media feeds? That's what I want to know. Spacewalking astronauts launched a tiny Peruvian research satellite earlier this week, setting it loose on a mission to observe Earth. How tiny is it? It's a four-inch box. The satellite, barely two pounds, holds instruments to measure temperature and pressure and cameras that'll photograph Earth. And it will continually be taking photos and uploading them to the web. So they've nicknamed the satellite Kardashian. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com.
come on and live your dreams with me so I can breathe. Hi, this is Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today we're going to talk about eating the rainbow, the colors of the rainbow, and I am not talking about eating Fruit Loops. I am talking about colors from the garden, plant-based eating. Um, We wonder why. We are so tired. We have no energy. We're sick. We're sore. We have acne. Our hair doesn't shine. We're in a bad mood. We're depressed. On and on and on. And we need to look at what are we fueling our body with? What are you eating? Anything that is on your shelf in your pantry that has a list of ingredients that you can't even pronounce that lasts and lasts and lasts for months and months and even years, that is not good healthy eating. The longer the shelf life, the worse it is for you. If you buy a fresh uh, produce, some carrots or some lettuce or some fruit, it will begin to rot shortly, maybe a week or so, and that's it. It starts to compose, decompose back into the earth for the cycle. Uh, these other foods that we have that sometimes we think we're eating good, um, there's preservatives and additives and all kinds of nasty chemicals in it that is really hard on your liver, hard on your kidneys, hard on your blood, and therefore you are maybe feeling those effects of being tired and sick and even diseased. So we are going to start looking at what we are putting in our body. It is our fuel, just like I said earlier, and you can't run on bad fuel. Just as if you put you know, the wrong kind of gasoline in your car, it's going to sputter and it's going to uh, smoke and spit out some gunk and eventually die or break. So you would benefit from thinking about what you're eating. Maybe I've had a few people do this and it's worked out great where you start a food journal. And this doesn't have to be a daily, monthly, yearly long project, but just maybe for a few days. Write down what you're eating. Write down everything you put in your mouth. Because I would venture to say that you put more processed foods with sugar and preservatives and additives and food dyes that are very harmful for your body uh, than you think, more than you think. So um, you will also know from this food journal, just looking at it at a glance after a few days, how much of your diet are fruits and vegetables. And that's really where we get all of our great nutrients. Now, uh, buying at the store is fine. If you can buy organic, that's even better, so there's no pesticides or poisons or any of that gunk in the soil. But if you can grow your own vegetables, that is the optimal because you know how you're gardening. You know if there's poisons put in the soil and sprayed on top. So um, those are some things that you can maybe think about. Now, um, eating the rainbow includes um, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, purple. So strawberries, carrots, yellow bell peppers, all kinds of berries, leafy greens, eggplants. Like just think about the color of the rainbow and see if you can start putting those types of food into your daily routine of eating. You will really start to feel better. You will have more energy. You'll probably sleep better. Your digestive system will go more smoothly and on and on and on. Like I said, your hair will be shiny. Acne will disappear, aches and pains. Um, Of course, you have to pair this with exercise and all that. Um, 
Now, the opposite rule is true for the drinking. What are you drinking? And you can add this to your food journal if you'd like. Soda, caffeine, juice, alcohol, all that is like the color of the rainbow, but uh, not not so good for you. And I would say, you know, moderation is, is okay, but overdosing on any of those things or, you know, drinking soda all day instead of water, that is not good. Uh, the rule would be to drink water half your weight in ounces. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should drink 50 ounces of water per day, and that's if you're not exercising and sweating. So... I would really encourage you to keep a little journal, see what you're eating for a few days, and make some adjustments. Try to eat the rainbow. Try to drink more water. And I guarantee you, you will start to feel like you're 10 years younger. You will have energy. Your face will glow. You have a little uh, bump in your step, and you will feel absolutely fabulous. So eat the rainbow. Drink water. Thank you so, so much for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute and to continue your journey to be a better you, connect with me at metothepowerofwe.com because together is better. But you've been down for it all 
Hey, Rhonda Nails here, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. And today I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly about my event. So you guys know that the B4 event was last week, and I had a really good time. A few technical difficulties, but a really good time. So what I know for sure is that the party isn't over even after your event has finished. That's really when the work begins, the good, the bad, and the show enough ugly. So let's go over the good. The event was a success. Every speaker was on point. Everybody brought, brought their A game. They brought solutions to the table for entrepreneurs that really need to be able to grow their business. So we talked about uh, rebranding, rebooting, and rebuilding your business. And we talked about social media, how to be grateful in your business, how to use an opt-in. We talked about how to turn browsers into buyers. We brought uh, financial knowledge. And then we even talked about how to use radio in your business. So we brought a wealth of information, and the video replay is available at my website, which is project-push.org. Now the bad. Well, you know, sometimes technical uh, issues, they just are just going to happen, right? So a few technical difficulties happened during one presentation, but it didn't defer from the information being presented. Because why? Because you have to allow for the unexpected in your business because it's going to happen. So what do you do about it? Well, you brace and you welcome the change. And one person uh, that said, you never have a plan B. You, all, you just modify your plan A. I believe that was Jay Stone that said that, uh, Master Brand Coach Jay Stone. And I'll say it again. You never have a plan B. You just modify plan A, um, mainly because plan B takes you out of the way uh, when the going gets tough. So you always create a modified plan A. And we did that. We correct, corrected the technical difficulty, and we kept it moving. So here's the ugly. <sighs> the ugly is hard to hear. It's, it's, it's going to be criticism whether it's constructive or not. That is what's going to help you build your business. And you're probably not going to want to hear it, but I actually welcomed it, and I'll tell you why in a minute. You see, a must-do that you must do after your presentation or after your speech is you have to poll the crowd. You have to send a feedback form to see where your strengths were and, more importantly, where your weaknesses were. Why? Well, because most times your audience will tell you exactly what they need from you next time. So for me, uh, the ugly comments were like this, and I'm going to be very transparent and, and read some of the comments. So the question was, what didn't you like about the event? And the first attendee said there were too many presenters for one event. The last couple probably didn't get the attention that they deserved. And another attendee said, I think it could have been broken down over the course of a few days. Um, Another one said, would have preferred it uh, been on the weekend Um, and just ensure that the video connections were working well. So I specifically asked what I could do to make the event better, and they responded. So here's what I'm going to be doing for my next event. I'm going to have less speakers. I'm going to have a better virtual platform. I'm going to raise the registration fee because they said it was too low. And then I'm also going to schedule it on the weekend. I'm also going to incorporate the ability to interact more with the speakers because it seemed like the attendees really – enjoyed the fact that they could interact one-on-one, even though it was a virtual event. 
So my audience just gave me the solution to my ugly. And I didn't have to do a case study. I didn't have to research. I didn't have to gather statistics. I just asked. And if I never asked, I would have never known. Because being an entrepreneur means that you must get comfortable not knowing everything. Sometimes the thing you never want to admit or never want to hear may be the thing that elevates you to the next level. Because if you never face it, you will never experience it. And I truly believe that God set you up for your purpose from the very beginning. And as most of you know, I'm blind in my left eye, and as a result of that, I was ridiculed, I was teased, sometimes I was, I was bullied in school, um, even through my teenage years. And this ridicule, ultimately, it gave me tough skin. It gave me the ability to hear ridicule and keep it moving. I mean, I didn't like going through all the teasing, but I felt like it was my training ground because now I'm able to hear criticism and not flinch. So the teasing, in essence, was a good thing because it allowed me to take in the constructive criticism and let the negative criticism roll off. So here's the thing about feedback, the ugly. You have to be willing to take in what is evident and necessary and roll off what isn't. It's only going to help you grow. Listen to what your audience is asking for because most of the time they will tell you exactly what they need from you, but you have to be willing to listen. And those who are not willing to listen are not willing to grow. Feedback is important, it's necessary, and it's relevant for the growth of your business. And if you're not asking for feedback after somebody buys something from you, you are missing your next client and your next customer. You see, feedback is so relevant And it's so important that grocery stores, big box stores, even major fast food restaurants, they put surveys with a chance to win money on the receipt in order to gain feedback. It's that important, guys. It's that important. Feedback can be ugly, but it also can be good for the growth of your business. Okay? It's that important. The good, the bad, and the show enough ugly. This is Rhonda Nails, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. You guys can always connect with me at project-push.org. Your daily dose of weird news is brought to you by the new upcoming horror comedy, Fangs vs. Spurs. See some of the footage and see a message from the star, Joe Estevez, at fangsvsspursmovie.com. Your daily dose of weird news is up next. 30 years ago, Sheriff Bartlett battled the vampires and became a living legend. However, in the 30 years that have passed, most townsfolk came to believe that the vampires were just myths. Stories to scare their children into staying close to home at night. They're about to be proven wrong. Bangs versus Spurs movie.com. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your daily dose of weird news. In New York, a drunk woman crashed her Prius through the garage door of a fire station while wearing a stolen snake around her neck. Coincidentally, also the only thing covered by Obamacare bronze. Clowns to the rescue! 
A woman who had just finished performing at a clown show in New Jersey had some fellow clowns to thank after she crashed her car into a utility pole. About 10 clowns had finished putting on a show at Berkeley Avenue Elementary School in Westwood and departed in their respective cars. But the clowns' cars came to a halt when they saw another clown in need. Jack, Poppy T. Clown Herbstein, said the woman was reaching for a GPS device that fell off the windshield when she veered off the road. Police Chief Frank Regino says the 68-year-old sustained minor injuries. The clowns are members of Call Us Clowns, a not-for-profit organization that performs clown shows at schools and hospitals. They helped their fellow clown out of her car, and then they helped another out, and then another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. Michigan police arrested a bomb-building terrorist who weighs 625 pounds. Uh, yeah, this is the police. We have you almost surrounded. A new report shows that President Obama's downsizing of the armed forces leaves America too weak to deal with today's global threats. In response, President Obama vowed to rebuild America's stockpile of strongly worded letters. Rats are on the rampage in the elegant garden of the Louvre Museum, so bold that they romp on the grass in broad daylight, defying death threats from sanitation workers and scaring tourists. The hot weather in Paris has brought many picnicking visitors to the garden, whose garbage is a feast for the rats. And they're getting some help from animal lovers who dig up poison and feed them water. Some say it's the ratatouille effect, with the beloved French rat Remy from Disney's computer animated film helping real-life rats win Parisian hearts. Okay, well, how about a compromise? Only kill the rats that don't know how to cook gourmet meals. An Australian tour guide allegedly drove her group around while drunk. The owner of the tour company has apologized to the eight tourists who fled for their hotel rooms after the tour bus was pulled over by cops. Travel brochures for Australia now list the most dangerous animal of the outback as tour guides. Headline, Strip Club Endorses Democratic Pastor for Congress. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what I say after that headline. It's not going to be near as entertaining as the headline itself. So I'm just going to let it go. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com.
Cracking thousand-year-old parrot, a girl grieving her mother, and a boy missing his father save two worlds. In the new fantasy thriller Whip Eye, Samantha and Jake have 24 hours to face their greatest fears and find out if the supernatural staff, Whip Eye, can defeat an ancient evil guardian. Chased by monsters and unsure who to trust, can Samantha and Jake learn to trust each other? This fast-paced adventure is about trusting yourself protecting others, and discovering the beauty of nature. Over 100 different species of wild animals are mentioned. Whip-Eye is a unique blend of magical creatures and wildlife, a surprise-filled story that will appeal to readers of all ages. Watch the Whip-Eye book trailer on YouTube. Whip-Eye, book one of the Whip-Eye Chronicles by Jeffrey Sign. Getting great reviews everywhere. Whip-Eye at Amazon.com.
just here for a little while Long enough to hold your hand Out to gaze into those eyes That seem to comprehend I know it's impossible But I am tempted to stay Ladies, let's talk honestly about our man. We love him. We tolerate and overlook what we can, but we secretly wish we could change some things about him. What he needs is a gentle wake-up call. And so, may I present to you The Good Husband's Bible, an interesting and engaging book. It provides the wisdom, guidance, and positive motivation that every man needs in order to change himself and fulfill his roles as a man. Find it on Amazon and Lulu.com and visit us on Facebook at The Good Husband's Bible. Are you looking for a personal handmade custom gift for your wedding or your bridal party? At IronLace.com, we customize robes, tank tops, off-the-shoulder shirts, dresses, hoodies, toiletry bags, and more. What a fun and fabulous way to make your special day shine. Please visit A-R-E-N-L-A-C-E dot com for your custom-designed apparel today. CarHelpOut.com makes finding local mobile mechanic service simple for cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, RVs, or semi-trailers. From Alabama to Washington, D.C., Mobile Mechanic Shops on Wheels will come to you. Visit us at carhelpout.com 
forward slash location for a technician near you. It's the convenience.
I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. Starbucks is testing mobile stores on college campuses this year, which makes sense. Starbucks is where most graduates are going to end up working anyway. One man has been arrested, and police are searching for another after a drone carrying marijuana, tobacco, and cell phones was discovered next to the security fence of a prison in South Carolina. You know, as incompetent as the drone pilot was, they are questioning, first, everyone who helped set up the Obamacare website. President Obama commented on the rising cost of education. He said, quote, we can't just keep throwing money at the problem, unquote. So he's thinking some sort of conveyor belt system. Congratulations, Cheesecake Factory. Of all the fat delivering franchise restaurants in the United States, you are the best. The Center for Science and the Public Interest Annual Extreme Eating Survey is named Cheesecake Factory America's most unhealthy restaurant, meaning it has the tastiest food, and that's where I'm going to go for lunch today. So what tops your kids' back-to-school list? Well, here's a hint. It's probably not new clothes. More than 40% of kids between the ages of 8 and 18 would rather have a new smartphone, laptop, or tablet. That's way off what parents think their kids want, with 43% thinking it's a new wardrobe. So in other words, this is exactly like Christmas. A Virginia man with the last name Stoner is facing drug charges after police found more than $10,000 worth of marijuana plants at his home. I got nothing to add to that. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. At Gene Chris Media, we have fun with food. We produce food, wine, and spirit TV shows featuring top celebrity chefs, bringing them to the top TV networks. We love collaborating with celebrity, personal, and holistic chefs by creating food tastings and cooking demos. Join in the merriment in one of our featured gourmet kitchens 
Take part in our private in-home dining experiences or participate in one of our exquisite culinary catering events. Join the fun at jeanchrismedia.com forward slash culinary dash wine dash spirits. Hi, this is Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today our topic is do something for you. Now, we are so busy, and I know that you listening right now, you can relate. We are busy. We have responsibilities. You could be a parent. You can be a student. You're a friend, possibly a sibling, maybe a spouse. You're a child to someone if your parents are still alive. So we play many roles. We have many roles, and we wear different hats. And with those roles, the roles I just mentioned, and there's other roles as far as we can be an employee, we can be an employer, there's so many different roles. You could be a teacher. In doing so, these roles, I said, we wear many hats. And it is great to give. Giving is a joy. And those roles cause us to give. We give of our time. We give of our money. We give of our energy. Sometimes it's just an ear etc., etc. But in doing that, sometimes we can burn out. It's easy to do, especially if you wear multiple hats. I know many, many people who have many roles, and the more hats you wear, the more you're giving of your time and your energy and your love and, and on and on and on. So we need to refuel. We need to refill our tank, and that's just a supply and a demand. So here's an example. You know when you're riding on an airplane and they give you that little hel- uh, little spiel of safety and they say in case the air pressure drops, the oxygen mask will fall down and if you're traveling with a child or someone who needs help, you need to put your oxygen mask on first and then you need to help the child or other disabled person. And you do that because You're no good if you don't have any oxygen. If you're burned out, if you're sick, if you're tired, you are just done. You don't have any time or energy or love or anything else to give to other people in these roles that we have. So as a result, you can be short-tempered, irritable, even resentful. And when you get to that point of, oh, I just don't want to do anything anymore, I'm just burned out, I'm tired, I'm impatient, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated... That is not good because giving should be a joy. It shouldn't feel like a task. So I want you to do something for you. You need to take a break. Do something for you. What is it that you love? What did you used to do before you got so busy and burdened with these responsibilities and these roles that we play? So think back. What is it that you love to do? And if you do some of those things, great. Maybe you are in total balance, but I would guess that you need to take a little more time and do something for you. So let's give some examples. Maybe it's you you take a walk alone. Just go and walk and think. Maybe you pray. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you listen to some music that you don't have time to listen to otherwise. Maybe you haven't been going to the gym or your favorite yoga class because you've just been so busy. You haven't taken time for you, and that is so important. Have coffee with a friend. Catch up with someone that you know and love and miss. That is really great to do for you, feeding your soul with someone you love to connect with. Read a great book. So 
so many times we have to read for our jobs or for something that is required of us. Take time to read a good novel. Read a great book that you're really interested in on a topic that you find fascinating. Um, Go shopping for you. I know for me, I shop all the time for my kids and my husband and groceries and on and on, birthday presents for kids' birthday parties they need to go to. But go shop for you. Buy yourself a pretty little dress or a shirt or those shoes you've been looking at. Go see a movie. I've been to the movies alone. It's fabulous. Go to a movie you've been dying to see. Order dinner in so you don't have to cook. Hire a housekeeper one week so that you don't have to clean. You can put your feet up on the coffee table and read that book you've been wanting to read. Go get a massage. The list goes on and on. Think about something that you love. Pamper yourself. Do something for you. You deserve it. We all work hard. We all give of ourselves. But we need to rejuvenate, set the clock back to refuel, and enjoy something that you love. Thank you so much for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. To continue your journey to be a better you, connect with me at metothepowerofwe.com because together is better. Yeah. I want to thank you and listening to the heart of R&B. DJ Echo. DJ Delmatic. So free.
there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation that a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything they, they become satisfied people getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like jobs that are making them sick you see when you're not pursuing your goal you are literally committing spiritual suicide when you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have when the messenger of misery visits you what are you going to do what will keep you in the game there are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life but that could save your life because you had that knowledge unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered you will never grow what is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their job and they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is 
going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on each. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, God, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed a celibate, we rise.
Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, morning, how are you? Fine thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness affect you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high. Still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops. Weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. <laughs> As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I'll rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh, does it come as a surprise that I dance? as if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, there I go rising. Love Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. 
This is Sharisa Robinson, and you're tuned in to the Forgiveness Heals Blog Talk Radio Show, Five Minutes or Less of Forgiveness. Today's topic is Get Your Heart Right. Please excuse the delay with me coming on. I was having some technical difficulties, and I couldn't get on at first, Then I got on, and my car dropped. <clears throat> so, like I said, today I want to discuss um, Get Your Heart Right, just quick four quick tips and areas in which we need to get our heart right, something that you can just check out and evaluate in your own life because when we come from an angered heart or broken heart or hurt heart and we're acting out of emotions, more so negative emotions, uh, you tend not to make the right decisions, you can't make clear decisions, and you're just not behaving and doing the right things because you cannot do good from a bitter heart. So, Tip one, get your heart right and stop allowing people to emotionally manipulate you because you're always caught up in your feelings. We allow people to treat us a certain way because they because we always get upset or we always get hurt or this makes us happy. You can eat something that makes us happy. And because we're all caught up in our feelings, there are people who are predators who know how to play you on your feelings. Get your heart right and stop being an emotional predator because you have no feelings or disregard them. And that comes to being on the flip. Sometimes we can be the emotional predator because we're so hardened and we disregard our feelings and we hunt and pray after other people and their emotions and their weaknesses. And that both ends still come from being hurt. It just depends on which side of the coin you fall on and how you react to you being hurt and to you being in pain and angered. Get your heart right and stop emotionally lashing out at people because you don't feel right. Because we're upset, because we had a bad day, because things are not going the way we want them to, because we're still hurt for something that happened in 1992, because our boyfriend left us, because our husband did this, because our best friend betrayed us, because our mom said this, because our kids get on our nerves. We lash out and attack people who have nothing to do with what we're going through. If you're going off on your current mate about something because you still feel a certain type of way with your last mate did, that's an issue. If you're taking your frustrations out because of your marriage or your relationship or your job or because you're just not happy with yourself or your kids, that's an issue. Abuse is abuse. Emotional and mental abuse is just as worse as physical abuse. And the scars you can't see, that's why we keep on doing them. Last one, get your heart right and stop emotionally attaching yourself to just anybody because you hope they will make you feel whole. And this one is um, a huge one because we feel empty, because we're not complete, because our heart is in pieces, because our life is in pieces, because we're in broken pieces, and we don't do the work to make ourselves feel complete. We try to fill in the gaps and fill in that hurt and that pain with other people, with things, with jobs, with statuses, with our kids that feel whole. And nothing, none of those things, even the great things, can make you feel whole. You have to be whole, and those things outside of you have to be a complement to what you already are. If not, you will attract brokenness because you're broken, or you will not be able to com- to appreciate those things and those that love you unconditionally because you don't love yourself unconditionally because of how you feel. So stop attaching yourself emotionally to things, loving people that really don't love you in return because you just want them to make you feel whole, giving yourself away when you should not be, and just to anybody. 
allowing people to treat you a certain way because you're looking for something that they cannot give you. You're emotionally attaching yourself to people and to situations and to things, and you're coming out even emptier than what you were going in. Emotionally stable, emotionally in tune, and emotionally cleansed. And these were just four quick tips on how to get your heart right. I'm Sharissa Robertson. You can stay connected to me and updated with what I have going on at www.sharissarobertson.com. S-H-A-R-I-S-A-R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N. And this was five minutes or less of forgiveness with the Forgiveness Heals Blog Talk Radio Show. And please remember that forgiveness does heal. Music by Beats by Octavia at BeatsByOctavia.com. Until next time. My eyes filled up with tears This is not the way I planned my life Thought you would always be there Wasn't the least bit prepared You walked out the door, didn't care no more But now, I'm in a good
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. I hope you've learned a lot, gained a lot, and been encouraged with the Mindset Minutes. We even heard uh, from Rhonda Nels, uh, Project Push, as well as we heard from Sharissa Robertson. So we got five minutes or less of forgiveness, the good, the bad, the ugly, and business, Mindset Minutes about, you know, just doing good for yourself. Do something for yourself and eat healthy. And speaking of being healthy, we're on with Coach Tony Ustery, the author of The Fitness Game. Hey, Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Man, I have to say that 30-day challenge is a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And they're going to get more challenging as you go. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I see. (laughs) But I'm having fun with it because there's a group to support me. I know if I was doing that by myself, I would have watched 30 days go by, and I wouldn't have completed as much as I have so far. Even with lagging on a day, I would be lagging like 30 days because I'm being accountable to others, and people are cheering me on even when it gets a little tough. And life can happen. You can have a bad day, and you say, well, you know what, I just want to eat ice cream. I don't want to work out, or whatever. You can have any excuse. So it's just been powerful to be a part of the fitness tribe. So I'm glad you had us start that. But the challenge, woo, is a challenge. <laughs> so you, you, you know the most important lesson from that is that even though you didn't, you haven't completed it uh, and you had some rough spots and you had some days that, that, that you didn't, that you, that you didn't do the challenge, but you pushed it out. So the, a 30-day challenge might turn into 35, 36, 37. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're still getting it done, and you're not beating yourself up over it because of the fact that you're in a group that's supporting you. And so if you fail a little bit, it doesn't hurt. That's mm-hmm. the most important mm-hmm. lesson that we have is that, you know, things aren't going to go right all the time. And we're we're going to fall off sometimes, but as long as you get back on the horse and keep riding, guess what? You'll eventually get there. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and that's what people don't don't understand is that, you know, in 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 whatever they're doing, whatever type of fitness program they're doing, whatever they're trying to achieve, fitness business, whatever, you know, it's going to be the torpedo principle. Like we talked about, it's not going to be a straight line. It never is. And but the most important thing is is that the journey keeps on moving. I mean that you keep on moving toward your goals. That you keep on moving yeah. forward. When you're doing that, you're going to eventually hit the target. You know, unless you get too far out. But you have a group that's keeping you on target, and that's uh-huh. that's that's the the. The, the greatness of, of putting a group with like minds together. And I'm definitely seeing the benefits from that and having you check in with us and just the, the support and information from each person that's in the group. We've, you know, looked at different things. It's not just get in there and see how many push-ups you can do, but it's, you've talked to us from the beginning about the mindset around it. So now you're thinking about, you know, if I eat this, is it really worth all the crunches I just had to do or the sit-ups I just had to do. And not that you're um, depriving yourself because I have not deprived myself of anything that I wanted to eat, 
but I've been um, looking at healthier ways of eating. And then, you know, not necessarily myself in situations where I would slip and fall. I was talking over the weekend with some people who they were doing a different um, challenge, um, but it was still around weight loss or, or fitness. Say fitness, not weight loss. Um, <laughs> that they were saying, oh, well, my birthday and my sister's birthday and then the holidays. Like they had all these reasons and pre-planned times when they weren't going to be successful. And I was like, geez, I'm glad we're not doing that in our group, that we're pre-planning when we're going to fail. You know, right. I noticed that over the um, summer, of course, we had family reunions, and we still have a couple more to go to before, you know, we get to the cold seasons. And, of course, you got candy apples, and you have all this stuff. But when I go to these places, I eat, you know, and I'm satisfied. I'm recognizing satisfaction faster than I have to eat before somebody eats my food up. And I think that was a lot more of it than I was eating because I was really that hungry. I was eating it because I didn't want somebody else to eat my food if I left it there. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, I ate so I'm satisfied, and hopefully I won't have to fight, you know, over my food later because when you have boys in your house, they tend to eat whatever's not nailed down. Um, But I go to these cookouts and family functions, and I don't have to be forced to eat a whole lot. And I say, well, you want me to taste all of that? Let me get a dab of everything. And that way I've tasted everything, and I've tasted, you know, Aunt Sally's, potato salad and Uncle Jim's ribs. I've tried everybody's stuff, you know, and that way I'm, I'm still enjoying myself. I'm not stuffed. I'm not feeling miserable. And I notice that there's a difference in how I feel even after working out. It's like, okay, I need to give myself a moment to adjust. And, Coach, let me tell you one of the best feelings I have after I've had a day of, you know, doing the, you know, challenge, going for my walk or, you know, just making sure I'm eating properly during the day. The next day after I've rested, and I've had a good night's sleep, I get up the next day and I feel like a new person, like I'm renewed. So I'm like, wow, there's just so many different benefits. And even like with, with, with us doing the app challenges, the, the focus point for this 30-day period, I'm noticing I'm a heavy-chested person and then having a round belly in the front, it would, it would cause problems for me to lay on, my, you know, lay on my stomach on the floor just to play with the kids or just lay on the floor because I want to. I remember that being fun when I was younger, and now it's a problem. Well, since I've been doing a challenge, I can do that with ease. I can lay on my back and breathe. I can lay on my stomach and, you know, just do stuff in the floor. And that's not something that I've gotten away from, it. I had given it up. And that's like a simple pleasure. So just thinking of the things that you could benefit from, you know, just being healthier. So just, anyway, it's been good for me. And I think I'm at day 23, around day 23, 24, something like that. But it's been really good for me, really good. Excellent. And it sounds like it's been really good for everybody. I mean, everybody is, is and, and, you're, and you're moving together. So, it, you know, it's, I would hope that other people would, would, understand, would listen to you and grab on and, and, and join you guys because, you know, like I said, you're starting a movement. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, your listeners out there need to understand that, you know, <laughs> They, there, there's, there's an answer to your fitness problem. There is an answer to um, the, your, your frustration, you know. Right. Um, and, and, and here's the answer. This is the easy answer, you know. Um, and it's a forgiving answer. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the programs not working for you or you getting bored with the programs or, you know, not understanding the programs or whatever. This is a, this is an easy fit because, you know, any questions you can answer. And so, you know, you should, you should be jumping on board 
uh, you know, jumping in this water because this this is this is good water right here. You know, they should get in. Mm-hmm. The, the pool the pool is warm, and they should be here with the rest of you, and they will get fit. You will get in shape. You know, um, we'll teach you how to set your goals. We'll we'll we'll, we'll working you from point A to point Z not point A to point B and then leaving you off like a lot of things do. We're going to take you all the way to your completion. And so now's the time, you know, that's, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's where you need to be. So yeah. um, I'm actually uh, at a conference today yeah. on the mind. I'm actually at a conference today on the mind taking where in, in break and we're going back through and learning some more stuff about the mind and, you know, actually the brain and, and the ties to the mind. And um, I will be sharing that with you next week. Um, it, okay. it, it's, it, it's energizing me again to, you know, that we're on the right track uh, in the way mm-hmm. that, that this is being approached as far as mind first, body second. Um, yeah. It's amazing, and I'll give you one 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 tidbit. Uh, did you know that your mind has more uh, neural wiring in it than all the phones on the planet? No. One brain. One brain has more neuro has more neural connections and wiring than the, what's about 60 billion phones on the planet now, and your brain surpasses that. It's not even close. So that should tell you how complex and how powerful your, your, what you have is uh, in between your ears if used correctly. I mean, just mm-hmm. that fact alone, it brought two things to mind. One, of course, is that, Dang, that I got something that's super powerful there, and yeah. you know, thank God He gave it to me. And two, there cannot be a, a big bang theory based on the fact of the complexity of the brain. That can't be an accident. It has to be something that 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 was truly God given. So, you know, it's 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 an, it's been amazing. <laughs> this is the first day we're going all week, but. Um, it's been an well, amazing I morning. To, um, I look forward to what else you'll have to share because you've given us a few things. Of course, um, again, almost a year. We're working on a year now. You started with us, and it was about the mindset. You had us to write down, you know, all the negative things that happened, and there's so much power in not controlling. When, when you don't control those thoughts, let me see if I can say that right. There's so much power in our thoughts. And when you don't control those thoughts, they really impact what's going on. And when I say control those thoughts, the negative ones, the ones that take away from you, when you think negatively, I notice for myself it shuts me down. Like when you shut your computer down the wrong way, you don't completely, you don't log out the right way. When I'm rebooted, it says this system wasn't logged out properly. That's that's how I am. I'm so, like I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to be in a bad place because I'm more productive when I feel positive I'm more productive. I'm happier. Um, it's just, it's, I was like, wow. It's like, and now I'm focusing on it. I knew it was happening, but when you had to start focusing on, you know, the good, you know, the highs and the lows, our negatives and our positives, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this really took me down. Like 
me having a rough day can take me down for a whole 24 to 48 hour period. And it's like it's right. like you're fighting through this thick fog, and it's like, whew, I don't, I don't want to be in this space. I always want it to be positive energy, and I can almost see it. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, mm-mm, how do I catch myself? So now that you have us paying attention to it, I'm like, yikes, yikes. I, I want it to stay good. So it's, I'm more, I'm like trying to catch myself, trying to catch the thoughts and, and reboot and root them up. Okay, how did I get here? Okay, let's, let's not think that again, you know. So I look forward to that. Now, I had a question for you. I know you got to get back into your session. But take us back to the beginning. What made you as a personal trainer get into the mental part of it? Well, the, the thing is, is that what I noticed was, you know, my athletes, when I was training them or, you know, the government employees, when I was training them, you know, they were getting in shape. I could see where, and it takes time, and I don't know if you've figured, realized it yet, where your mind and your body connect to where your mind, your body actually catches up with your mind. You know, the better shape you're in, the faster you are, the more explosive you are, and, and I'm talking as an athlete, but this is as a human being. The, the faster your blood flow is, the faster you think, you, you know, you're on your toes, that kind of thing. But the thing is, is that what people were not understanding, what my athletes weren't understanding is they weren't really understanding the type of shape they were in and what they were capable of doing because they were still kind of detached. It was kind of like my body's over here and my mind's over here. And, uh-huh. what, and, I, and I accidentally... Um, but it was kind of accident, and this was years and years ago. Um, well, not accidentally. What happened was I got hypnotized when I was when I was in high school. Okay, I was having some some problems with you know my confidence level as far as as far as uh, I was a basketball player, uh, and I I, I had. Being a baseball player was was basically a superstar in baseball. Decided I got bored with the sport, didn't want to play it anymore. Wanted to do something else. Wanted to play basketball. Fell in love with the game. Decided that that's what I was going to do. Um, but because I hadn't done it for a long time, I had angst about it. I had issues about it. So it was for me. It was like confidence. Not and the thing is, as I was learning the game. I still wasn't able to to see myself or, or 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 apply what I was learning to the game. And somebody said, "Well, you know what? I, I think I can help you." They didn't even realize what they were doing. Uh, they took me to um, down here in San Diego. They took me to one of the most famous hypnotists around at the time, Dr. Dean. He had hypnotized uh, uh, Norton. Uh, the fighter that fought Muhammad Ali and beat him, um, mm-hmm. Jim Norton. Wow. And um, he was the one that hypnotized, uh, hypnotized Norton. So uh, they they brought me on stage, you know, because he had an act, and they hypnotized me. Then afterwards, he took me to the back room, and he hypnotized me. Well, my junior year in high school, I averaged three points and three rebounds, Okay. After he started working on my brain, I was my leading scorer, and I was the C's most valuable player, and I was All-American. I was All-State All-American. And I attributed it to 
what he did with me working with my with my hypnosis because I still had the skill set. I didn't that didn't change, but what changed was my mindset. So back then, I was I was curious about it. So the first thing I did was when I saw my athletes were getting out of sync, was I would take them to a hypnotherapist. And back then, it was kind of not the norm, and hypnosis was still kind of to, to people. People didn't really understand it, and but it worked. And so then when I started working with my athletes, I decided, you know what, maybe I need to know a little bit more so I can help my athletes a little bit more. So I started mm-hmm. studying the mind and studying the brain and, and studying the, and, and that's when I became a, a hypnotherapist. And because of that, it was like, um, because of that, hold on for a second. I don't know what they're doing. Um, because of that, it was uh, a, it was always easy for me to see where my athletes were off and to help them get back on quicker. If that makes sense, and, and it was all tied to the brain, and so since then I figured it out. The brain was was twice as important as 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 the the body. I mean, you still need the body, but without the brain, nothing functions. And then when I got into it, I found out just how much the brain operates and what it does. It was it was a, it was a no brainer. It was a, a, pardon the pun, but it was a no brainer that I had to to get into this. And the thing is, what gets me is, is that a lot of people don't understand the power. And because it's not, it's, you know, it's kind of, they try to keep it mystic for, I don't know why, you know, but anytime you start to talk about the brain and the power of the brain and things like that, people always want to get mystical and all this other stuff. It's truly science. And so that's why I got into it. I got into it because... Okay. It helped me, and then I watched it help my athletes, and then from that I watched it help people that I that that just wanted to work out, you know, and and just wanted to get in shape. But it helped them. It took them past just being what I call normal to superhuman, and it does. Mm-hmm. You mean that's what we're that's what you're on your way to being. You're not on your way to just being normal. When we're done, you're gonna figure it out that. You're going to be doing things that most people will tell you that you shouldn't be able to do, and hmm. it's going to happen. And that's that's the trip that we're taking, you know, little by wow. little. But that's what that's what got wow. me into it, and you know, it's it, it it's been a since I started studying for now going on thirty years. Yeah, wow. thirty years. It's been a it's been a um, it's been a trip. It's you know, it's, it, and you, you can't you can't learn enough. You know what I mean? It's always something that you that. can learn. You know, like going back and learning about like I I never really learned about the brain brain like you know learned about the mind. But now going in and what they're doing is taking us into why the brain functions the way it functions. And how the mind, which is the the higher level of the brain, how the mind ties to the function of the brain. Never done that before. Mm-hmm. So this is exciting mm-hmm. to me. 
you know, I've studied the mind and how it works. I've studied what the altered states are of the mind, that kind of thing, but never studied how the physical brain itself works when in conjunction to how it fires and what it does to make the mind do what it does. So hopefully, I'm hoping that coming out of this that I'm going to even be able to help you help people faster and more people. So we'll see. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to next week when you tell us what everything that happens over the course of the week. So always, as always, thank you for being a part of this. Needs to be said, helping us get our minds right so that we can overcome anything, whether it's our whatever we perceive to be a challenge, whether it's our fitness. Um, whether it's, you know, just any relationship, because it starts with our mind and the body will follow. And I'm seeing it slowly but surely. It's not that I'm not believing it. It's just that it's taken me a while to to fully embrace it because I have to unlearn all the other things that have been my truth for so long to realize there's so much more that I can do, that there is no limit on what I can do and really um really bending, really bending those perceived limits I've had. So I thank you for doing that for me as well as for the TNTBS audience. And we're going to let you get back to your um, your conference. We look forward to next week. But before you go, do you have some last words for us and a call to action? Yeah, what I want, well, what I want you to do is I really want you to continue doing what you're doing as far as the negative thing. I want you to, to really focus in. But, but here's what I want you to do this time. What I want you to do is when you change it from negative to positive, I want you to make note of it. I want you to take, you know, you won't be able to do it with everything, but the things that you can remember and write down, I want you to make note of how the change went about, what the thought process was, and how it made you feel afterwards. It's important okay. because what you're, like you said, what you're doing is you're unlearning things, but what you're doing is you're actually moving good things into those spots. So, you know, it's like I want you to understand, I mean, because once your mind grabs onto the, the, the simpleness of, and it, 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 it's truly going to be simple right now. It feels complicated, but once it, it grabs onto the simpleness of what you this, this exercise, what you're doing, it will start to automatically, like, do it before you can even think about it. Like, you subconsciously start to do it rather than right now you're having to consciously do it. You're having to think about it right now. It's not mastered yet. Once you master it, it will be something that you just, it's just like breathing. And that's where you want to get it. But like when you like we talked about when you first learned how to drive. So this time I want you to get more specific, uh, you know, and, and writing down how you actually changed your the mind, what you what the thoughts were that went into changing you from a negative to a positive. That's the assignment right. for this week. All right. I look forward to giving my report on next week. Thank you so much, and we'll hear from you on next Monday. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. You guys have a great week. All right, you too.
Thank you so much for staying tuned. We're getting ready to go into politics with Valerie's son. Oh, it was the first day of school. How was that? <laughs> that that's certainly always an exciting time. Uh, each and every year when the school begins, it's always an exciting time. Uh, and it's kind of exciting for everyone, I guess, for teachers, for students, and certainly for parents who now have gotten their kids uh, out of the house, as they say, and back into the spring of things with school. Uh-huh. It's always a very exciting time. Um, each and every year, that certainly uh, certainly seems that way. It seems to bring joy. People begin to, you know, I guess, sadness at the end. But it certainly is a great thing and great weather as we uh, start out this uh, next to last week of August. Kind of had a, August this year seems to be as long as it's ever been. We have a little weekend left in August, so if that just stretches out, we do uh, go into, of course, next weekend being the holiday, and we get into um, the end of the month. So we've had great weather and great times. And one of the great things about the great weather is that it brings people to town. And one person, probably the most important person that will be attending Charlotte or will be in the city tomorrow is uh, President Obama himself. Mm-hmm. Signing into law a major overhaul of the Department of Veterans Affairs, President Obama will actually come to Charlotte on tomorrow to speak to the American Legion. The president is expected to speak in the morning, though all the details right now are kind of sketchy to what time and where to keep as many things secretive as possibly can. Now, the 2.4 million member organization actually began its convention on Friday, so he's not just coming for the American Legion from across the country. Are actually having a convention here. Now, um, the president signed a VA measure. After months of turmoil in the agency, now we talked to a few weeks ago about Embattled Secretary Eric Shizinski, uh, who resigned in May. This month, Congress confirmed a new secretary, that being our Robert McDonald, to come in and kind of oversee and look at several issues that have been taking place uh, in the VA, not necessarily here, but, of course, throughout the country. We talked about um, several things that have taken place to uh, lost documents, to people not being accounted for, to access of death resulting in some uh, some liability issues with the VA. So that caused a lot of people to, you know, look upon the person above them, above them, above them, and, of course, that led to the resignation again of the leader of the VA and a new person being appointed. So it's always a great time when the president of the in our state, but certainly here in uh, Queen City of Charlotte, and he will be uh, on tomorrow. So that's certainly something you can look and see highlights of uh, on the news, seeing the president as he flies in on the plane and comes into the Queen City. One thing that's taking place that affects a lot of uh, us citizens in general here in the city is similar to how you, your water bill is kind of based on how much water you use. Your power bill is based on how much electricity you use. Well, that same kind of idea, if it goes through, will go into effect with, you, with your garbage collection. Um, what's happening right now, they're actually doing a study to implement a kind of pay-as-you-throw fee method, and which residents will pay based on how much garbage they produce. Now, several vendors have come in and kind of specialized in this pay-as-you-throw gave his presentation, a presentation to the city solid waste services department back in May. And the city said it's considering the issue as a way to more accurately account for the price of collecting and disposing of garbage. The goal would kind of be to encourage people to recycle more. That would save space mm. in the city's landfill in Cabarrus County, and, of course, they have the major one out near uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. And it could save taxpayers money in the long term, I guess very long term. The city is preparing to issue a new request for the proposal for its recycling contract after the city terminated this contract with the inland services early because of what they call a poor performance. Now, Assistant City Manager Ann Wall said the city is evaluating how it can collect garbage and said, I pay as you throw plan to be woven into the new contract next year because they've got to get a new contract anyway. Now, the Raleigh-based Waste Zero made a presentation to Charlotte staff earlier this year. The company provides some pay-as-you-throw services in the Northeast, including fall and up in Massachusetts and parts of Maryland. Residents would first place their trash in specially colored bags 
They put those bags in the Atlantic six gallon rollout container for curbside pickup. The garbage truck driver would monitor via camera whether the wrong bags were being used. City Council Member John Archie, who chairs the city's environmental committee that he supports studying years ago. The city's solid waste budget for the physical year is around $49 million, about $48.7 million. Now of that, the solid waste fee generates about $12 million. Single-family homes are billed $47 a year by the city and 15 by Mecklenburg County. The solid waste fee is intended to cover the cost of trash disposal. Now, the cost of collecting trash along with recycling, yard waste, and bulky items comes from the city's general fund, which also pays for services such as police, fire, and roads. So it's important that you know exactly where your tax dollars are going and what you're paying for. But if, in fact, they get this pay as you throw, that would be in addition to what you already pay. It would then enable you, again, to kind of separate what you're doing, and your trash would be different than mine. Again, just as your water bill or your light bill is different than mine. So that's something that seems uh, is going to take place here in Charlotte. But it certainly is in the final stages. Let me, uh, let me ask you, let me ask you mm-hmm. I, heard, I hear what you're saying. So is it going to be like I call an order of pickup versus like trash day? Um, your trash day is Monday and you roll your bin out. So um, you may have said that, but I, I didn't catch that. Um, no, what's going to happen? So are we, they're still going to come that they do with your bins, but you'll have special colored bags to what you're going to use. And the bus, not bus, I'm sorry, the driver of the truck is going to be able to monitor if you use the right bags. It's similar to what they do with recycle. If you ever notice certain things now you can't put in your recycle, and then you put yeah. them in the recycle, they put a sticky note on it. Well, the same thing now will happen with trash. At some point, they won't collect it anymore. They'll get some warnings, get some notes. At some point, they won't collect it. But if the premise of the whole thing is, if I have a lot more trash than you, then my fee would be higher than yours. So obviously, if you live by yourself or it's two adults living there with no kids, you're probably going to have a lot less trash, let's say your neighbor who's living with three kids. So that fee will mm-hmm. go up and pay more. Right now, we all pay basically the same thing. And a lot of that money is coming out of our general taxes to allow us here in the city for your trash pickup. Now, in certain counties, they already pay. But here in the city of Charlotte, Everyone who moves into a home, they pick up the trash. Or if you have an apartment, I mean, they, they, everyone gets your trash. It's not anything that you actually have charged based on the number of people there. So, again, if I live by myself, I'm paying the same thing as someone now who may have four kids and three adults living in the house. You just take the trash can to the street and they dump it. So now they're saying you can actually control what you pay based on the amount of trash you use every week. Because right now they come every week. And it also will cut down mm-hmm. some of the trash that goes to the actual landfill. They're going to encourage you to recycle more. Your recycle bill will still remain the same. This is just the actual trash pickup. And they're encouraging you to recycle more and, I guess, use trash less and kind of monitor what trash you use. And, again, that will cut down on some of the landfill because right now they only have mm-hmm. those two that they use, and the main one being out near the speedway. So they will limit okay. the amount of trash that's coming. And that's the initial plan in doing this, but it has been presented actually more than once to uh, city council. Now it appears that certainly we're going about the words of um, the uh, uh, Council Member John Hunter, if we're going by his words, and there's certainly something that they're saying that they do support, and they're calling it pay as you throw. You can catch your catchphrase, but as you throw away your trash, you're paying for the amount that you throw away each time that you do it. Um, okay. Something happened in the Court of Appeals. Uh, in November, state voters will shift through about 19, well, actually it is 19 candidates, to fill the open seat for the state Court of Appeals. But in the meantime, Lisa Bell, and we all, and many of us here in Charlotte, very familiar with Ms. Bell, she will actually serve in that post for the next four months. She was chosen by Governor Pat McCoy. They chose a period court judge and fellow Charlotte Republican, again, to temporarily fill the seat of retiring appellate judge, Chief Judge John Martin. And there was a motion to the state's second highest court 
in December 31st. But as another high-profile post, the already accelerating judicial career she's had. On January 1st, Bell will be sworn in as Supreme Court Judge in Mecklenburg County. Now, Bell has served four terms as District Court Judge in Mecklenburg and was appointed Chief District Judge in 2008. She was appointed to Superior Courts in 2013, and she's going to be running on the polls in November to fill the seat of retired Mecklenburg Superior Court Judge Richard Bonner. I know that's a lot of different judges. The 19 candidate yeah. seeking Martin includes <laughs> John Arnwood and Charlotte. He's a former member of the Court of Appeals. Because you have several different seats. You have a you have a Chief Judge, you have a District Judge, you have a Superior Court Judge, you have a District Court Judge. All of those are different people. They all make, they, they all cover kind of the same thing. It's just a different linkage that you have. So one person can serve several different several different capacities throughout their career, and that's similar to what uh, Ms. Bell has done. But, again, she's been appointed by the governor. So it's not just something you sit in for this. She's only going to do it during that time because she's already going to be in January 1st sworn in as a political court judge for Mecklenburg County. But currently she is sitting in as chief judge for um, John Martin. But, again, he's certainly chosen a, a viable candidate and a fellow Republican that's typically party leaders follow someone with their own party. And he certainly gets someone with a vast array of experience in uh, doing so. Democratic U.S. Senator Kay Hagan and Republican Chancellor Tom Tillis are locked in a very tight race according to many polls. The listeners of the show, if they don't know anything else, they should know that Kay Hagan and Tom Tillis are running for Senate. Because it seems that every week or every other week there's something pertaining to these two. And again, this is going to be one of the most hotly contested races, not only here in North Carolina that we've seen in a while, but throughout the United States because it's going to have a great tilt on who controls the Senate. If, in fact, Tom Tillis can come in and succeed Kay Hagan, you would have a Republican replacement Democrat and would swing the pendulum of the Senate itself by having Tom Tillis here. There's about four states that appear to be right up in the air as who's going to win. There are some states who already kind of can predict who's going to win based on what they've done, based on the numbers. This is one of the tightest races in the United States. And surveys show that Libertarian candidates, uh, Sean Huff, can be a factor in the race as well. Meanwhile, uh, um, a former Tillis opponent officially kicked off a right-hand campaign Wednesday, and the anti-abortion group announced plans to hold a rally outside of Kay Hagan's Charlotte office on next week. A U.S. Today Southern University poll released on Wednesday showed Hagan holding a 45 to 43 percent lead with about 4.4 percentage margin of error. That means the race is about as close. You can't get much closer than that. Both polls showed single-digit or potentially crucial support for Hoff. He had about 8 percent support in a most recent poll, and 5% in the Suffolk survey, which, of course, could sway this thing either way. Also, Wednesday, John Rose, a former Republican legislator from Huntsville, formally kicked off a write-in campaign for Senate. It was Tillis defeating Rose in 2006 that set Tillis on the path to become the North Carolina House Speaker in 2011. Someone who certainly knows Tom Tillis very well, again, is running against this, pretends to put their name in it. The key thing always when you have more and more candidates, it gives people more and more of a choice. So if there was someone who was going to vote for Tom Tillis or Kay Hagan and there's another viable candidate, they may say, even though this candidate's not going to win, because it seems pretty clear that one of these two people would be the next senator. However, if there's someone who I believe stands more for what I believe in or stands more from those two, I will vote for him. But that's what happens when a lot of people do ask the same question. When it seems clear that the Republicans and Democrats are the two parties and you have a race this close, it's pretty evident that one of these two people are going to win. So why don't people then vote for someone else? And that's kind of the reason. Because they don't support either of the people that are running. And they think there's other candidate. They want to show that candidate. They do have your support. I do like what you're saying. I do believe in you, even though I do know there's a very slim chance of you winning. Because certainly, like I said, in a race like this, 
is going to be one of those two individuals. But these people want to get on the points or on the votes. So the reason they say they can sway the vote one way or the other, because it's very easy that 50 people that would have had to make a choice between one of these two candidates will now pick someone else. And that's throughout the state. So you're looking at 50, 100, 150, 200, 500 people. And that certainly can make a huge difference in who represents the state of North Carolina in the Senate. So we'll see how that turns out. But that certainly is the largest race as we prepare for November, which is fastly approaching. Again, we're approaching September. The U.S. Supreme Court last week put a temporary hold on the implementation of the recent law federal court ruling on gay marriage in Virginia. That could have a ripple effect on the same-sex marriage ban that we have here in North Carolina. Late in July, a three-judge panel of the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond, Virginia, overturned a ban on gay marriage, which was replaced in the Virginia Constitution by voters there uh, about eight years ago, is what I'm saying. The appellate justices proved that the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals oversaw cases out of North Carolina, which would include ongoing challenges to the state's constitutional gay marriage ban. Uh, we remember back in May of 2012, North Carolina voters approved Amendment 1 by 61% of the vote, something we certainly talked about here um, back in 2012, which was a while ago. Now, you're looking now at the code, they're coding the state's previous law against gay marriage into the state constitution, which kind of gets really tricky. Now, on Wednesday, the Supreme Court granted a request for the county clerk in Virginia to prevent same-sex marriages in the Commonwealth while the issue was appealed in the Supreme Court across the nation. Other court rulings clearing the way for gay marriage in states that prohibit it have been stayed as well, meaning basically that they know it seems to be inevitable this is going to take place. But right now they're saying we have to stay on it. Anyone shows up in the clerk of courts, that's going to be rare. They will not take place same-sex marriages until we finish fighting the Supreme Court. At least three petitions for review will be before the justices this fall and more on the way from the lower courts across the country. This is coming from the North Carolina Justice Center, a liberal group out of Raleigh that supports same-sex marriage. And again, uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, research that has to be done on this. But as I stated before with legalization of marijuana, as I stated before with the legalization of several other uh, laws that we've discussed here, typically when states do this, other states seem to get on board. It's going to be hard for us, I guess, down in the Bible Belt to fight gay marriage when it seems apparent that other states are already at a pretty rapid pace approving it. So when that takes place, it, it, it just gets all tricky to the point that it's going to be an ongoing battle. We'll see exactly how long it lasts, but I can certainly predict, and I think most people believe that it will not be long before Virginia and North Carolina will be legalizing gay marriage. We'll see exactly how it turns out, how it goes. That's the reason that it goes to the Supreme Court, because you fight it, fight it to the end, those are not fighting it, and then you'll get a final ruling. And that is the reason that the courts are set up, and that's the proper procedure for doing it. But it just seems that that's going to end up being the thing that takes place. Again, we'll see how it materializes, but that's certainly been the case, like I say, with several other things we talked about uh, here before. I do want to mention before we leave, i got to talk about uh, Governor Rick Perry. We talked about Rick Perry on last week. I was indicted. What the indictment was about, exactly how it uh, came to fruition, with him basically overstepping his boundaries, trying to use his power to influence and change the ideas and beliefs and votes of other people, which, of course, you can't do in, in and of uh, the state of Texas. Now, what he has done now is that he has added the six prominent attorney to his all-star legal team that is fighting two felony charges of abuse of power. He's added Mark Fabini on Monday with the announcement of the latest hire. He's a former special counsel to President Clinton and was a deputy campaign manager for Al Gore's 2000 presidential election. 
other high-profile candidates of our bodies, including Lance Armstrong. Now, for Vanny Jones, Tony Busby, Ben Gainsbury, Bobby Birchfield, Tom Phillips, and David Bosworth as attorneys for Reperry. Taxpayers have so far, so far paid at least $80,000 for Perry's defense. But they announced last week campaign funds will be used to cover legal costs going forward. So already the taxpayers paid $80,000. He's now saying he's going to use campaign funds to continue. But here's a man where I just announced to you has six different attorneys working for him trying to stop this. Um, well, actually, he's already been charged. But he's trying to make sure that not only does not ruin his political career because you have a man that was buying to be president in 2016, but that it goes to the point where there is no actual jail time as a result of what he's done. So it is very important that I wish all elected officials know that their power is used. I don't want to sound like a superhero, but I guess used for good because it does kind of um, change the path of what's taking place when, in fact, you come in and now you're dictating what happens and what doesn't happen, and you're relegating punishment for when it doesn't go the way you expect it to go. And that's totally against everything that we've uh, voted for and that we have. So we'll see what happens with uh, Governor Perry, but there's certainly something that you should Google and look and see everything that's taking place with him. Because I find that to be a very uh, intriguing, interesting story. Because again, you never ever hear about an indictment on the sitting governor. That's just extremely rare. And here you have it. And when you look at what he's done and the number of people that knew he was doing it, it's just kind of a strange situation. Now, one other thing. I don't know if you've done the ice bucket challenge yet. A lot of people have been doing the challenge. No. I'm sure you've seen it all over. <laughs> so you haven't yeah. had a chance to do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gone viral. Everyone's kind of seen it. Well, what's happened is gone so far to the point that a charity stunt was, again, it's lured athletes, celebrities, politicians. I even saw George Bush doing it. I've seen many people. Um, but what you won't see is U.S. diplomats getting in on it. Lawyers at the State Department have banned American ambassadors and other high-profile foreign, foreign service officers from participating in the Ice Bucket Challenge to raise money and awareness for the Lou Gehrig's disease, which we always called it. But its official name is the Acrophytic Nephrosclerosis. Or ALS, as you always hear, because it's such a good word. They call it ALS. But many of us uh, in sports know that Lou Lou Gehrig, who's one of the greatest baseball players ever, actually ended up uh, getting this disease, having to retire many, many years ago from baseball. So whenever you hear the terminology of the Lou Gehrig disease, that's just for sports people who are familiar with what happened to him. I got a cable that was sent this week to all U.S. diplomatic missions. The lawyer said that it's run afoul of federal ethics rules, barring officials from using public office, private gain, no matter how worthy the cost. The unclassified cable sent on Tuesday was obtained by the Associated Press on Thursday. That's how we know about how it was released, which kind of relates back to what, in a funny kind of way, uh, what happened with Governor Perry. But once you're in a certain position, you can't sway people one way or the other. You can't do anything to, to, to step across that line of being as neutral as you can, and you certainly can't influence your power to do anything. Now, the cable said that the public health and disease prevention are some of the State Department's highest priorities. Noting U.S. funding for global programs to fight HIV and AIDS, malaria, tuberculosis, smallpox, polio, and the recent effects to combat the Ebola virus, which seems to have us all kind of afraid now. And it's complimented, and it's complimented the uh, ALS Association on several times. It says of an ice bucket challenge, which has raised more than $40 million and attracted a plethora of notable participants. Again, I could go down the line of people that I've seen do this, including uh, Martha Stewart. I just saw one the other day with Martha Stewart. But what they're attempting to do again is just to raise money for ALS. But I also pointed out that choosing among worthy charities can be put you in a very difficult personal decision, which has been made even more difficult 
with high-ranking State Department personnel with high-profile positions to actually participate in a charitable fundraising and concerned about the preference and favoritism is always going to rise because if you're doing that, then certainly there's a thousand other organizations that are going to say, why aren't you doing this for us? What makes ALS more important than, you know, I mean, and there's a whole litany of things we could talk about. We talk about domestic violence, child abuse, you could go on and on. And what they would say is if you're doing all this ALS and that's commendable, now you got to do it for this, 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 and then when you don't, it doesn't give you some favoritism to one section, and that could cause a whole array of problems. So that's why mm-hmm. you, won't, you won't see anyone else with the government. Maybe very well why you haven't seen the president or some other people do it because you run that, that fine line when it takes place. And typically here in America, we all kind of get on the bandwagon. So when we see something going on, we see other people doing it. I've even done it. I didn't do it foul. But when you see it happening, it's something that people just kind of get attached to. Now, one other thing, and I'll we got to get out of here. One other thing that I, this is taking place, a lawsuit filed by Kansas and Arizona will be arguing before a federal appeals court panel this week as the state seeks to force federal election officials to impose a proof of citizenship requirement on national voter registration forms. An argument on Monday came as the U.S. Election Assistance Commission filed an appeal seeking to overturn a federal judge's order that the commission modify a federal form to include special instructions requiring Kansas and Arizona residents to provide citizenship documentation when they register to vote. Now, litigation has drawn widespread attention. More than a dozen voting rights groups have joined the lawsuit or friend of the court briefs. House Democratic leader uh, Nancy Pelosi and other top lawmakers urged the appeals court to throw out the lower court's ruling, arguing with limited authority of Congress to regulate federal elections and the realist ability to pass legislation protecting the right to vote. Meanwhile, Georgia and Alabama, which have similar citizenship documentation laws, have filed for the friend of court brief supporting Kansas and Arizona, which seems to be on the surface. There's more stuff you're going to have to not present and more you have to go through. Not only voting now, but they're saying just only actual proof of citizenship documentation to go in and vote. So this seems to go more and more and more with what always taking place here. But, again, when legislation starts at that level, it starts getting to the point where you're going to need all that and get your things tripled down. And we have lawsuits pending right now here in the state of North Carolina just with voter ID alone, just with that one mm-hmm. small facet of what they're asking. Now you have it on a larger level in Kansas, Arizona, Georgia, and Alabama. So these shows, you know, you know we've come along with what our forefathers and everyone was going through voting. But voting uh, is never half of them, and something that's very necessary and very important. But voting certainly is not as easy as it once was. Easy being you go in, say your name, vote, walk out 10 minutes later. There seems to be a lot more now involved and a lot more documentation and a lot more things taking place really month by month in the United States. What happens typically is people are not aware of these things. So when they're not aware, of course, it elongates what happens on election day. If you're already standing in line, now you got 20 people who don't know what's going on, what they need, and you don't want to discourage people from voting or from standing in long lines. So it's exactly how it goes with the voter citizenship issue. Again, it's going before the federal court. So I expect to soon uh, have a decision on exactly how that's going to play out and transpire uh, in the country. So, again, uh, each and every week I try to bring some of these most exciting things. There's, there's hundreds of things that take place uh, each week politically. As I say, each week just by a matter of tuning into the first five minutes of news, reading the newspaper, which, again, very few people actually hold a newspaper in their hand, or when you log on, just go into any, uh, whatever city you're in, any uh, national newspaper, and there's always going to be something taking place politically on the front page, whether you go to something national like the USA Today, New York Times, or whether you do something locally, whatever your area may be. 
there's a guarantee there's going to be something political taking place because then when things don't go your way, the first thing they're going to say when it was in the paper it was on the news. It's not that I put it out there. It's just, again, you aren't being informed. You aren't, aren't paying enough attention to it. It's not something that kind of throws your bone, I guess. And when that happens, this is how things come by, with, like we said, with the trash. So when you're aware of these things, when you become an educated voter, you become educated of what's taking place, then you make much better decisions when you go down and it's time to vote. And, of course, you influence, help influence those who follow suit and vote behind you. So that is our goal. Mm-hmm. Each we can bring you as much information as we can in a short period of time on some of the things that are taking place weekly. But, again, many of these things uh, you can see yourself just by tuning into the news, making a special point each night. And it's always a great, great thing to do with your kids or younger people. Say so we're going to watch the first five minutes of news. You'll be amazed the interest they start taking in and once they kind of see some of the things happening in the world. Same thing with the newspaper, whether it be viral, how many you do it. And they're saying that the easiest way to contact me, which people have done and continue to do, and is always very appreciative, is going to our Facebook. You're going to go to Valerie Sun, B-A-L-E-R-I-E-S, Valerie Sun. On there, you will see the link to Talking Politics. Going to Talking Politics, you will be able to uh, contact me that way with any personal question or concern that you may have, as well as response to anything you've heard here on the show or something that you've read. It also gives you an opportunity to uh, write questions, again, anything that concerns you or anything that uh, you're just curious about. And uh, secondly, it gives you an opportunity to read several of the articles that have already been posted, several things that are taking place in case you did not hear, hear, or see the news. And better than all of that, you go to my favorite app on the phone, the one that everyone should have downloaded by now. You get the elephant and you go to, this needs to be said. You go there to, um, certainly go and add that. You go to the app, this needs to be said, and make sure that you add that on your phone. When you do that, it gives you an opportunity to listen to this show here as we do this, as well as the many other guests that come on throughout the week, giving you so many uh, informative things that are happening, not only here locally, but nationally. And this gives you a great time. It's something I should listen to myself. It's just a great opportunity if you're cleaning or doing the things you do in your house to listen to some of the things that are taking place. So, again, you become informed, and the more things you're informed about, the more you can inform others and the better we have as our community and as a nation. So it's always great to have an opportunity to do that, and it's certainly a chance for you all to go in and have your input and you know, just say what's on your mind and make sure that we are aware of um, what's happening, just in general, not only again here in the city, but um, statewide and nationally. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, Valerie Sun, for being a part of This Needs to Be Said, and we'll see you back here on next Monday giving us some more of what's happening in the world of politics. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS Talk Show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day. <laughs>